0: This is an Encore episode of Ask Me Another.
1: From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Hello, everybody. Thank you, Jonathan. All right, let me tell you what's going on. The show's jam-packed.
1: It is jam-packed. It's too much show.
0: (laughs) We've given you too much entertainment already. Uh, We have not one but two special guests. From the new movie, Crazy Rich Asians, Aquafina is going to be here. And the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 9, Sasha Velour is here. I gotta say, those are uh, two awesome stage names. But they do not hold a candle to my stage name, Ophira Eisenberg. Did you guys see Ocean's 8? Yeah. Yeah, yeah if, if you haven't seen it, of course, Ocean's 8 is the all-female version of that heist franchise. Uh, and I think we a great, kind of an important step in gender equality. Right? Yeah, now little girls can grow up watching that. And they can think, OK, maybe I can't become president, but I can become a pickpocket or a swindler or a hustler. You know, If I play my cards right, maybe I can grow up to be a criminal. And then I can become president. Uh, it's summer. This is sort of the end of summer. I don't know. This is a tropical season. I've been thinking about this. Uh, actually, all of my female comedian friends have jokes about the New York summer streets and getting catcalled. And uh, i got to tell you, I, I don't have to deal with that. I don't get catcalled. Ever. Um, I, I, well, okay, I did get... I got picked up at a bar last week. I got hit on with a very weird line I I was at this bar and this guy leaned into me and he just went, hey, you seem like a really good multitasker. Because I was like typing on my phone and reading a book, like trying to be like, don't talk to me. Uh, (laughs) And he would not let it go. He was like, I bet you have a really beautiful work-life balance. I don't really want to date you, but do you offer coaching? (laughs) And I was so screwed up by it, I had sex with him. Um... (laughs) All right, you guys are awesome. Let's get the show started. Let's play some games. Our first game is called Historical Tweets. Hey, Jonathan, do you remember when Richard Nixon tweeted Tricky Dick Energy?
1: (laughs) Yeah. He only got one like, and it was from Spiro Agnew. (laughs) Let's
0: meet our contestant. First up, Hannah Margolin. You work at at a walk-in free resource center in Brooklyn. Hi. Uh, So when you ring in, we're going to hear this. Your opponent is Denise Jatzuk. You work for a company that makes telescopes and microscopes. Hello. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, thank you. And when you ring in, we're going to hear this. Okay, Hannah and Denise, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. This trivia game is called Historical Tweets. We'll read you a fictional tweet from a famous historical figure. You're going to tell us who tweeted it. Okay, here we go. Beautiful March day, off to the Senate. Soothsayer's trying to stop me, but my pal Brutus has my back. Hashtag ride or die. Hashtag YOLO. Denise. Is it Julius Caesar? It sure is, yes.
1: Yo, this magic flute opera I wrote really blew up. Eat it, at Salieri. Check out my SoundCloud. (laughs) Hannah. Hannah. Mozart. That's correct.
0: You think Mozart was a SoundCloud guy? I think it would have been a Bandcamp guy. Probably more
1: of a Bandcamp <laughs> yeah, guy, yeah. Yeah, I thought
0: so. Watson and Crick re-grammed my X-ray diffraction pick of crystallized DNA, but I was the OP. Female scientist emoji. Yeah. Denise. I feel really bad because. Everyone feels bad about this. The only. <laughs> Female
2: scientist I could think of with biology is Marie Curie.
0: Okay, that's not the one we're thinking of. Hannah, can you steal?
2: I used to know it. I think it starts with an <laughs> F, and that's what I got for okay. you. Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think maybe uh, I can't give you a point for that, but uh, you were probably thinking of the last name Franklin. Go Totally with that. was. Yeah, yeah. Totally was. Rosalind Franklin. <laughs> is the answer. All right. Let's just take a moment to realize she wasn't given credit, and we still don't know her name. Still don't know her name. <laughs> future is female just way off <laughs> lost followers when twitter deleted all the botany bots reminder peanuts aren't just yum they can be mated to ink soap linoleum flour and 142 other things go nuts <phone rings> hannah george washington carver yes indeed <laughs>
1: My servant just took my meat and put it between two pieces of bread. I'm naming this nom-nom after myself. Hashtag portable. Hashtag Earl life. Denise.
2: Is it just the Earl of Sandwich?
1: (laughs) It's just the Earl of Sandwich. That's right. Hey, I'm just the Earl of Sandwich. (laughs) What do I know? He's the fourth Earl of Sandwich. He's the fourth. There were, there were three before, and they didn't there make sandwiches. There were three, and they
0: didn't make one avocado toast. Nope. Not even one. <laughs> Ruler of Egypt, linguist, diplomat, naval commander, but y'all want to talk about my eyeshadow? No other cues. Hashtag asp me another. Denise. Queen Cleopatra. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> What a great first game. Denise, you're in the lead. All rise. This audio quiz is called courtroom drama. Uh, I love courtroom television and film scenes because they're very unrealistic. For example, no one ever takes the fifth. Just a little fun fact, if you're ever in Canada, you do not take the fifth, you take the 11th. Seriously, the fifth uh, is you have to say you're sorry. <laughs> Let's check in with our contestants. Hannah, you are really into making felt animals? It's true. Okay, an, an obsession, is it fair to say? I want it to be one, but I've only made four.
2: Okay. <laughs> over several months. <laughs> so it's an aspirational okay. obsession.
0: And so, so you're making felt animals. Now, please describe what these look like.
2: They're like... Six inches tall, and they look very homemade.
0: Do they have, like, googly eyes? Button eyes. Button eyes?
2: Oh, cute. So which ones have you made? Two penguins, a shark, and a narwhal.
0: Oh, yeah, nice. (laughs) You threw in the narwhal, the unicorn. Yeah. Uh, Denise, making telescopes and microscopes is such a specific job.
2: (laughs) I have to handle the e-commerce for most of the EU, so I've learned how to say like, different optics in every language, but telescope and microscope is so boring. It's like, telescope, telescope, microscope, <laughs> yeah.
1: microscope.
2: It's
0: yeah, yeah, so in a um, battle with a microscope against a telescope, who would win the f- battle?
2: <laughs> Ooh, I,
0: mean...
1: <laughs> I mean... I have a qualifying question. Yeah, yes, please. What are they battling for? Is it a physical?
0: The battle is for the most fascinating thing that can be seen.
2: I personally think microscopes. I think it's
0: cool to see things that are right under your nose. Yeah. Far away? Who cares? Yeah. (laughs) It's just our future home. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to your next game. Hannah, have you ever done anything illegal? When I was... um...
2: When I was nine, I accidentally didn't pay for my ice cream at Cold Stone because I got confused about not doing it directly at the same time as getting the ice cream sure. and getting to walk to the end.
0: Yeah, you saw a loophole, home, didn't you?
2: Well, I got home, I realized it, I started weeping, and my mom drove me back so I could pay them for it.
0: Yeah, how many times <laughs> after that did you repeat this mistake? <laughs> you clearly don't know me. <laughs> okay. Denise, have you ever done anything illegal? Mm-mm. Uh, stolen anything? Jaywalked? Model citizen. Model citizen. Well, good for you. It's finally great to finally meet someone. <laughs> so this is an audio quiz called Courtroom Drama. I'm going to play you a clip from a TV or movie courtroom scene. You just have to ring in and identify where it came from. And this game is worth double points. So Denise, stay in the lead and you are in the final round. Hannah, you need to get more points or you will be sequestered on a jury. That means a whole week without the news. That actually might be a wonderful thing. Yeah.
3: Okay, here's your
0: first clip. Because
3: Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out until 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four-barrel carb till 64.
2: Hannah. My cousin Vinny. Yeah, that's right.
0: <clears throat> Identify this TV courtroom.
3: It was like five or six of his friends. Were you cursing at five or six of his friends for, you idiot? (laughs) What? Put your hands down. Put your hands down. Hannah. Judge
0: Judy? Yes, Judge Judy. (laughs) I mean, it must be great to be a TV judge.
1: Yeah, I feel like you get to do some non-standard things, like call them idiots. Yeah,
0: call them idiots. (laughs) Here's your next clip. Because isn't it the first cardinal rule of perm maintenance that you're forbidden to wet your
2: hair for at least 24 hours after getting a perm, at the risk of deactivating the ammonium thyglocolate?
0: Hannah. Legally Blonde. That is correct. (laughs) A movie that made Harvard Law seem fun. (laughs) (laughs) This next clip is from Shondaland.
4: Your Honor, it's no secret that my reputation has suffered in this courthouse. I can handle it but I won't allow it to keep my client from getting a fair trial.
0: Hannah. How to get away with murder. That is correct, yes. Here's your last clue. Are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterwards. Denise. Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Okay, very exciting. Hannah pulled ahead, and great game. Hannah, you are moving on to our final round. (laughs) Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Hannah in our final round, and rapper and movie star Aquafina will join us to recommend the finest public restrooms in New York City. So... If you're listening to this while walking around town right now, just hold it for another 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm Ofir Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from NPR sponsor, TD Ameritrade. Investing isn't one size fits all. Every investor has a unique style. That's why TD Ameritrade offers two different mobile apps. There's TD Ameritrade Mobile, which lets you manage your portfolio with streamlined simplicity. Or Thinkorswim Mobile, which gives you the tools you need for more advanced trades and in-depth analysis. Visit tdameritrade.com apps to find the one that's right for you. Once again, that's tdameritrade.com/apps
2: The indicator from Planet Money is your daily source for economic stories, stories that peel back this onion we know as the US economy. Today on the show, today on the show, today on the show, on the show desperately seeking construction workers. Forget everything you thought you knew about the unemployment numbers. Ten minutes or less, that is all it takes for us to explain what is going on with all those numbers. Listen and follow The Indicator from NPR.
0: The following interview contains a slang word that may be sensitive for some.
1: This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. She stars in Oceans Eight and Crazy Rich Asians in theaters now. It's Nora Lum, AKA Aquafina, everybody. welcome to ask me another uh, thank you Yes, thanks i'm here yeah nora nora alum or aquafina yeah when did
3: aquafina started when you were a teenager yeah around then yeah your choice poor choice yeah no 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 good choice yeah i said your choice so your choice in a poor choice situation (laughs) uh didn't know that people would actually call me that you know
0: yeah yeah and what does this persona provide for you
3: I think Aquafina is the person. Well, she induces the panic attacks, and Nora takes them. So, it's a, a, a kind of abject confidence that uh, people. Uh, I think you you outgrow in adulthood. Yeah. Okay. Uh, grew up in Forest Hill, Queens. You did? Oh, no, great! You so did? did I. Yeah, oh, awesome. Yeah. Great. No. Nice. My, I
0: actually, my, my husband's aunt lives there now.
3: Oh, great! Yeah, everyone has an aunt. Everyone has an aunt that lives everyone in Forest, yes. Forest Hills. Always an aunt. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of an angry aunt that lives in Forest Hills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, what, so, what kind of kid were you? Um, I was a weird kid, man. Really? I was a weird kid. Yeah, uh, I wore and one sweatsuits all the time, <laughs> like to every function, like to weddings, uh, until the until I was like twenty four. And, um... <laughs> but now everyone knows you from Ocean's Eight. So you are cast
0: in this movie with obviously huge names. Mm-hmm. You've got Helen Bottom Carter, Sandra Bullock. Yep. Kate Blanchett Anne Hathaway Rihanna Sarah Paulson Mindy Kalin and you and me and I was I read somewhere that (laughs) your part was written for you yep so did you flaunt that around the set?
3: Um, no I don't know how one would do that it's like you see these pages dude yeah these are mine. Before you were attached, <laughs> these are I are was attached. attached. Yeah, exactly. See these lines? Mine. Um, I had done a movie called Dude that was written and directed by Olivia Milch. She later went on to co-write and co-produce Oceans. Gary Ross, the director, saw a rough cut of Dude and hired me on FaceTime. So that's how that, that happened. Hired you on FaceTime? That's amazing. There's a lot of pressure there because it's like maybe he has no idea that I, uh, you know, that I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So, you know, yeah. But then you arrive on set. Arrived on set, yes. Instantly embraced. Instantly embraced. Uh, yeah, is I, that would, right? I would say that, yeah, no. Uh, the first time I met any of them, I met, it, was a, it was a Helena Bonham Carter, I saw her sitting yonder, and I was like, oh, it's was Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> oh, is that, uh. And so, you know, I was staring at her, and she just went like, come here, give me a hug. Yeah, so that's how it went. You know, we're, we're like a family, they're, they're amazing, yeah.
0: And your role, of course, is as the uh, pickpocket and yes. you trained with a magician. I did. I did. Figure it out. With a okay. magician. So th- this fascinates me because this sounds very fun. Was it, did you enjoy it or you're like, oh God, I got to practice every uh, he day. Kinda, he
3: ruined everything for me, dude. <laughs> he, he really, no, he really did. Cause then I'd be like, oh, y- you know, David Blaine. He was like, yeah, he uses invisible ink. <laughs> Sorry. So, no, it was cool. I, you know, three card money is what we, we right. pri- I was primarily trained in. And um, I could fool people with it, yeah. So,
0: you're in uh, not one, but two blockbuster films, also star in Crazy Rich Asians, yes. uh, Kevin Kwan's. Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, this is the adaptation of Kevin Kwan's best-selling novel. Uh, It's a trilogy, but the first one by the same name, Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. Uh, And it's a big deal, too, because it's an all-Asian cast. The first time this has happened in Mm -hmm. 25 years of filmmaking. So what was it like? Yes. 25 years. Uh,
3: You know, what did it mean to you
0: to be part of this?
3: It it, it meant a a lot. Um, When we were filming it, I think... I realized that it, we were doing something there uh, bigger than ourselves. And um, when it comes to representation, you don't understand how much you're lacking it until you see it. And when I saw the movie, uh, I, man, I, it was it was so uh, powerful. It was a powerful experience. I think that I was looking for this movie when I, when I was a kid. And um, the way that it handles the Asian experience is like no other film I've ever seen. It's an epic rom-com. Um, and it, it, it means a lot. You know, this
0: is a huge success story. Not that you didn't have great plans, because in high school you were playing trumpet. Yeah,
3: that would have been even better, right? I <laughs> would have been sure. I would have been in, in, in the pit, like in, in in Lion King or something like that. Not even, not even. I'd be cleaning the pit in the Lion King. Yeah. Um, when did you make the turn, high school
0: trumpet player to rapper? I just
3: I just heard that back. Um, <laughs> Heard that back for the for the first time. Yeah. Uh, Artist fluid. Um art is fluid. <laughs> I uh I mean I still I still love the trumpet. I love the trumpet. You play still? No, okay. not at all. Yeah. Now you know what you know what it's like? Wins ya. Um, <laughs> but you know I I I picked up garage band when I was 16. I had my first Mac. That's where I started producing my first beats. And um, Aquafina kind of was born out of that, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna give goodbye trumpet, right?
0: So the big viral video, the big hit, my veg. Oh, oh yeah, Zedith. my veg. Of course. That was tight. I like that. Uh, this is a favorite song of your grandma's, right?
3: Yes, she loves. She loves
0: it. It's her favorite. She
3: uses it to torture me. Yeah because she's like um this is like your best song like why haven't any of your songs been as good um, and then i like realized like what the like the song that she's talking about so you know yeah she you know again with the with the mean age yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. but to her lift favorite you up. song she loves it she loves
0: that song so this goes viral two things happen right you you throw this video out which is a, a great video. I mean, low budget because you didn't have a lot of money. I mean, it it was is a, great. It was low budget for sure. Uh, and, and then people embrace it
3: as like a feminist anthem. Yeah. You probably didn't intend that. No, not at all. I didn't intend it to get more than 30 views from like my entire family. <laughs> the only comment is like my aunt. She's like, good job, Nor. You know, I really thought that's where it would be. Yeah. Yeah. No idea. Huge success from it. Also, at the
0: same time, you get fired from your job. It, le- it leads directly to you being fired?
3: It was, it, it, it was part of it, yeah. I was also terrible at my job. Okay. I was a, a publicity assistant. I, I had no idea what I was doing. I would just mail things out. I'd be like, I just seal up envelopes and mail them out. That's okay. all I would do. And I liked that life, you know what I mean? It wasn't bad. Uh, And then I made the video on my birthday. And, you know, my boss is lovely. She's a lovely woman. I think I was really bad at my job. But she was like, what did you do for your birthday? And I was like, well, I shot a video. I was like, oh, I didn't know you do music. What was the video called? My badge. Oh, okay. Um, You're tired. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah. Were you like, oh, my God, I lost my job? Or did you think, this is fantastic?
3: No, I was freaking out. I was horrified, yeah. (laughs) I was... Uh, Yeah, I was, I was, I didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? Like um, for me, uh, being an artist is, is a privilege, you know, it's, it's not something that you can just say, well, I'm going to do this um, and not have any funds, funds to float you. A lot of people don't have that. I came to a point in my life where I had to make a choice. I knew that if I, once I pressed this publish button, There was a chance that I could never, ever get a nine-to-five job ever again because all it takes is one Google search, and then that that comes up. Sure. And so I knew that uh, there was no turning back. But I had nothing to lose, and that's when the best things happen when you have nothing to lose. Yeah. Yep.
0: All right. So you've got an all-female heist movie. Uh, roll down. You've got an all-Asian cast rom-con movie roll down. Any other
3: ground you would like to be breaking? (laughs) Um, Maybe maybe like an all-cross-eyed cast or something like that. (laughs) I have a slight astigmatism and I feel like uh, we should do a movie with that. We can see in all directions. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I can see ya. I see you, sir. All right,
0: are you ready for an Ask Me Another Challenge? Okay. Okay, so, Aquafina. a few years ago, you wrote a travel guide to New York City. Uh, one of the biggest challenges that most New Yorkers face is figuring out where to go to the bathroom. Yes. So in this game, I'm going to read you an excerpt from your list of the ten most pleasurable public restrooms pleasurable. in Manhattan. Is that what, how I wrote it? The most pleasurable? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, based on you not remembering the title, I'm not sure how well you'll do okay, in this game. Great. Okay, let's do it. Uh, and you, uh, you just have to remember, of course, what bathroom you were writing about. If you do well enough, a listener, Itzel Marquez from Tucson, Arizona, will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Oh,
3: get it. Yes. Get it. Here Thank is your
0: you. first review. The best part of taking care of business
3: here is that it's open 24 hours a day. Oh, man. Bryant Park?
0: <laughs> uh, oh,
3: no. Oh.
0: No. Uh, no. No. Bryant Park a is police not person. open.
3: No. <laughs>
0: These are all other great answers. Oh, no. All right, here's a hint. You don't have to be a genius.
3: What? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can also charge your phone and get free Wi-Fi. The Apple Store, the Apple Store. The Apple Store, yeah, the Apple Store. 24 hours, huh?
3: <laughs> yeah, 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 24 hours. That's pretty good. That is pretty, pretty good. good. All right, um, we got two more. You're doing great. I'm, no, I'm not, but it's fine. It's okay. If you catch it before it
0: turns into a dress barn, please make sure you poop in it. Brian (laughs) Park. I mean, this is actually so funny because probably when you wrote this, there was more of these. But it's like, yeah, there's Uh, a a couple of these left uh, in the city. A Woolworth? (laughs) Is there a Woolworth?
3: I don't know. Is there? Sears? A Sears robot? This is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, IBM. Bookstore? Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Barnes and Noble. Nailed it. I really did write the book, y'all.
0: By the way, just side note from my life, Barnes & Noble bathrooms. I got married at City Hall. I changed into my wedding dress in the Barnes & Noble bathroom. That's nice. That's cool. I like that. All right, this is your last clue. Okay, great. I, I feel really great about this. This bathroom is in the middle of a busy tourist area in Midtown, an avenue east of Times Square, a few blocks south of Rockefeller Center. And almost always has an attendant. <laughs> do I got a lifeline?
3: Um,
0: yes, you do. I do. Yeah, with what's the answer that you've thought it was the entire time? <laughs> and I keep saying, no, it's not that, no, it's not that. I'm no. a Brian
3: Park! I'm Brian I'm Park!
0: Park. Uh, congratulations, Aquafina. You, you and listener Itzel Marquez both won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Oh, great. Yeah, congratulations. Aquafina awesome. stars in Crazy Rich Asians. In crazy theaters rich Asians. now. Give it up for Aquafina, everybody. Back. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next game is about useless things you learned in school like cursive, the Dewey Decimal System, and how to conceal a hickey. It's green eyeshadow, kids. Let's meet our contestants. (laughs) First up, Rebecca Batson. You're moving to Colorado in a matter of days. Six days, to be exact. All right. Oh, I'm counting. Well, hello. Nice to see you here. Hey. (laughs) So when you ring in, we're going to hear this. (laughs) Rebecca, your goal is to own a earthship house. Tell us about what those are. It's... Literally the most amazing
3: house. It's 45% recycled materials, like beer cans and tires and sand and all off-grid, and it grows its own food. Right, and you're
0: 100% sustainable, yes, I believe, right? Well, I'm glad we caught you while you're still on grid. I'm glad <laughs> we caught you. Your opponent is Maggie Lloyd. You're a civil rights advocate. Hi. Hey. Hi, O'Hara. Hi. When you ring in, we're going to hear this. Uh, Maggie, you... You have a lot of pen pals. What are we talking?
2: Right now I have like four pen pals and my longest running pen pal, we've been pen pals for 14 years now. I was in her wedding two years ago. And how did you originally become pen pals? What was the connection? We lived two hours away from each other, which pre-cell phone was insurmountable. And we met competing against each other when we were both riding ponies, like horseback riding stuff. (laughs) It's very nice. My main pen pal calls it a diary that writes back, which is I highly recommend it. Everyone should get a right. pen pal. It's like a blog for
0: one person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, remember, Rebecca and Maggie, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. Let's go to your first game called Subject to Dispute. We're going to give you a term that you probably learned in school but may not remember what it means because it has no practical use in your day-to-day life. You tell me its definition. But just like in school, these questions are multiple choice. So ring in to answer. Here we go.
1: Is Carrie Nation A, a prohibitionist who smashed up saloons with a hatchet? B, the original title for Thomas Paine's Common Sense, or C, a ship that followed the Mayflower full of people who were spiritual but not religious? Maggie. I'm going to go with A. A prohibitionist. That is correct.
0: Yeah, she would enter bars and start destroying them with a hatchet while singing hymns.
1: She was a fun drunk.
0: Yeah, it's fun. (laughs) The critical period. Is that... A banned coming-of-age novel about a young girl who thinks she might be pregnant, but it turns out she's in the clear. (laughs) B, a condescending punctuation mark. Or C, a developmental phase when behaviors, neuroses, and awkward but charming social flaws get locked in. Rebecca. I'm going to go with C. Yeah, C is correct. That's when they get locked in. The critical period.
1: Is Smoot Hawley... A, a tariff act signed by President Hoover. B, the Lewis and Clark of Alaska. Or C, a variety of tobacco discontinued for not being addictive enough. Maggie.
2: I'm going to go with the C, the addictive tobacco. It's a pretty messed up industry.
1: (laughs) It does seem like something they would do, doesn't it? Uh, That is incorrect. I'm sorry. Rebecca, can you steal?
2: It just sounds like it would be so much fun if they were the Lewis and Clark of Alaska. So I'm, I'm going to go with that one.
1: It, sound, it would be a real hoot, but that is also <laughs> incorrect. It was a tariff act signed by President Hoover.
0: The least fun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> least fun answer is the most correct.
0: Is Suetonius a, the word for a phonetically pleasing phrase like cellar door? B, a Roman town gossip who wrote about Caligula, or C, a triangle with four sides. Maggie. Town gossip. Town gossip who wrote about Caligula. That is correct. Yeah. (laughs) Although I love the idea of, I don't know, there's probably, there is a word for a phonetically pleasing phrase. I like cellar door. Cellar door is phonetically pleasing, wouldn't you say?
1: It's a very pleasant, very pleasant. Yeah,
0: hearing. murmur, that's another good murmur. one. Murmur. Murmur, that's phonetically pleasing. Free wine.
1: It's <laughs> all of the things I want.
0: <laughs> all right, this is your last clue.
1: Is Know Nothing A, the philosophy, empty your head to free your thoughts? B, the political party of ex president Millard Fillmore? Or C, the standard these days? <laughs> Maggie. I'm going to go with B. The political party. That is correct.
0: Yeah. It's refreshing that they led with no nothing.
1: Uh, They were were honest.
0: (laughs) They were honest. All right. What a fun game. You were both very, very smart. Maggie, you are in the lead. (laughs) You know, it's easy to show off your body, but it's hard to flaunt your mind. So if you wish there were yoga pants for your brain, you should be a contestant on Ask Me Another. Just go to amatickets.org. Coming up, we'll meet Sasha Valor, who won season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race. You know, so many people I know love that show. Everyone, my accountant, my babysitter, my neighbor, Paul Manafort. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Discover. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. With no limit on how much you can earn, it's amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash match. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Simply Almond. Simply Almond is the alt-dairy milk you would expect from Simply, made with simple ingredients for an all-natural, delicious taste. This almond milk comes in four varieties, original, unsweetened original, vanilla, and unsweetened vanilla. It's a perfect addition to cereal, smoothies, and recipes. Or just pour some in a glass and enjoy. Discover more about Simply Almond at drinksimplybeverages.com.
1: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Rebecca and Maggie. Our next game is a music parody about banned books, and the points are doubled. Maggie, you are in the lead. Rebecca, you need to catch up, or you have to read a book.
2: (laughs) Don't you threaten me. Yeah, I know.
1: It's a big one. We changed the lyrics of the Paul McCartney and Wings song Band on the Run to be about books that were famously banned, censored, or challenged at some point in the United States, according to the American Library Association. So just ring in and give me the title of the book. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. <laughs> here we go. Living here in West End Got my eyes on Daisy. Written by Fitzgerald, all they drink is booze, Mama Booze. Rebecca, The Great Gatsby? That's correct.
0: Nothing like being in public school and reading a book about rich people who are sad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I live in Bama with my brother Jim and my father Atticus. That's all you get. Maggie. To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird. That's correct. Dude's not so fun. Dude's not so fun. He's a teen depressed with phoniness. He hates on everyone. Tell him, where are the ducks? Where are the ducks? Maggie. The catcher in the rye? Yeah, you got it. If
0: any high schoolers are listening, the ducks represent Holden Caulfield's uh, childlike innocence.
1: Where do they go? Anaheim. Where do they go when it gets cold? Yeah, Anaheim. (laughs) (laughs) They just go to a warm place. It's fine. Uh, This is your last very depressing clue. Big Brother One. Big Brother One. Rebecca. 1984. Yeah, that's true.
0: Oh, the Ministry of Truth says both of you were fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, Congratulations, Maggie. You are going to our final round. While Hannah and Maggie get ready for the final round, let's welcome our next special guest. She's the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race season nine. Say hello to Sasha Velour.
4: Hi, everyone. It is such a pleasure, Sasha.
0: Hello, Sasha. Now, uh, our listening audience cannot take you in visually. Okay. So I feel like it's necessary for us to describe what you are wearing. Let's do it. I would say (coughs) so it it is a bejeweled, uh, very shiny silver mermaid. Yeah,
4: the idea is a sort of a crown, but as a dress.
0: A crown as a dress. (laughs) Yeah, it's got big gems on it and lots of pearls. It looks mm-hmm. very uh, majestic. I was it's,
4: yeah, it's what Queen Nosferatu wears to her daughter's lesbian summer wedding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and for those people who watch Drag Race, and that is all they know of drag, yeah. what are they missing that they should know?
4: Oh my goodness. Well, so when you go to a drag show, you can see anything imaginable. Drag is just the idea that the clothes that we're told we have to wear are just the beginning of it. And you go from there, from putting on something that you think may be forbidden or someone once told you is forbidden, and you take that and you let that transform yourself into a whole possibility of a person, a possibility of a job, of an identity, of a gender, of a name, and you take that on and wear it. You know... People are so serious about ourselves. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. And drag suggests that maybe it's all just a bunch of ideas and we can be a little bit more flexible with them.
0: So so first of all, anyone can do drag.
4: Absolutely anyone can and must do drag. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You also uh, shave your head.
4: I do, every day.
0: Bald shave, it. every day. <laughs> every every day. single day. <clears throat> uh, but you, you sport that for a very specific reason. Can you tell us about that?
4: My mother had cancer for the last five years of her life, and she was completely bald. It was something we talked about a lot because she was worried about how she'd be received out in the world as a bald woman when femininity and hair are so significantly tied culturally. And she decided to just not worry about other people's comfort or other people's expectations and rock her beautiful bald head every single day out on the streets. And I thought that, to me, is just the essence of beauty and Mm -hmm. power, and I want to rock that in my own life. Um,
0: Okay, so your winning performance in the finale (laughs) of Season 9 Drag Race... So just to set it up the song is Whitney Houston's So Emotional uh, you do a series of escalating reveals right you take off long uh, gloves to, I have no rose petals uh, under the right, gloves a, there's a Sorry. flurry of rose petals I left them at home and also your performance was very emotional mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't a, a, just a series of and I'm not putting this down like of dance moves because uh, the people that well, that's because I can't dance at all <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the final reveal is to take off the wig, and rose petals fall out, and Everywhere. you basically uh, show your shaved head. Yeah. Now, prior to that, on RuPaul's Drag Race, I believe the rule, light rule, was that you could only remove a wig if there was another wig underneath. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, would you? This was a subversive act on your part.
4: Well, I thought I already had a pass on that rule because I had a full head of foundation under that wig. (laughs) Which seems like a lot more work to apply than a little, you know, kitty wig. Right? But, oh no, I didn't mean it like that. I I love those wigs. I didn't mean it like that. I've done that reveal many times as well. Um, Instead, I had like, the entirety of Michael's Craft Store <laughs> rose petal department stuffed under my hair. Um, just, the wig was really tenuously holding onto my head at the time <laughs> over all those rose petals, and thankfully it stayed on until just the perfect moment to come out. And I wanted to capture the increasing tension of that song. When you f- are feeling emotions about love or heartbreak or anything like that, it escalates, and so I had to have the rose petals escalate as well. And they sure did. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Now, again, maybe this is just my interpretation, but I also felt it was a moment of this is my authentic self that is coming through the sort of performance of drag. It was like a little extra window. Was that, is that me interpreting or is that... Not at all.
4: From the very beginning, drag's been an outlet that I come to with hurt and pain and insecurity from my life and I transform those feelings into something really over the top that gives me strength and um, that number in particular I thought about times that I have felt pain like that and I wanted to transform it into something really real so there was a lot of truth and a lot of my biography in that performance.
0: Interesting and as a form of expression as you've explored it over the years what would you say it gives to you?
4: It gives you confidence and power. You know, there's so many voices that um, tell people, especially queer people, that they don't have importance and regality in the world. And drag is about asserting your power and your brilliance and your importance, sometimes way too ridiculously. (laughs) But somehow it's infectious because when a room like this is supporting you to the extent with love and encouragement like you get at a drag show... Yeah. You really do feel invincible, and every person deserves to feel that.
0: Agreed, agreed. All right, Sasha, are you ready for an Ask Me Another challenge?
1: Absolutely, let's do it.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sasha, you're gonna play one of our favorite guessing games this, that, or the other. Okay. Please welcome back your opponent for this game, Aquafina. <laughs> All right, Aquafina, Sasha. One thing rappers and drag performers have in common is awesome stage names. <laughs> so, in this rapid fire game, I'm gonna say a name. You're just gonna tell me is it a rap name, a drag name, or the name of an off brand soda? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hi. We're gonna go uh-huh. back and forth,
0: so no need to ring in. Let's start with you, Aquafina. Yes. Laguna Blue. Blue is spelled B-L-O-O. Rap name, drag name, or soda? It's gotta be a soda. <laughs> <laughs> it's like made up of all the other sodas? That's yeah. That's what it sounds can, like, right? I can actually taste it right now, actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, drag name. Okay. <laughs> Sparky B, Sasha. Sparky B. Sparky Rap name, drag B. name, or soda? Sparky B.
4: <sighs> <sighs> um, uh, <ooh. laughs> Rap name?
0: Rap name is correct, ooh. yes. Uh, described as the wackiest white boy on the planet. Let's just yep. let that set in for a second. Aquafina, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Perky.
3: Uh, 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 soda. Yeah, that's yeah. a soda. <clears throat> Sasha, Twista.
0: Like twist with an ah. Twista.
4: Twista. Sounds like a delicious off brand soda. Draw a uh, rap name. <laughs> Draw soda name. <laughs> uh,
0: rap name Twista. Uh. Okay, here are your last two clues: Aquafina, Roxy Pops,
3: uh, soda, Bryant Park. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You are correct, Roanky Pops you. is a drag name.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank, you. Thank you.
0: And Sasha, hee-haw. Oh my god. Please be a drag name. I know. I wish too. Oh, damn it. That's a soda. Oh
3: my god. That's a soda.
0: That's a that's an off-ran Mountain
3: Dew.
0: Oh. Called a hee-haw. Uh, also, another one in that same oove is a Kickapoo Joy Juice.
3: Oh, my God. Ooh, that's
4: yeah. definitely a drag queen. No? <laughs> yeah,
0: let's just, let that's me, me just hit fun. that. You
4: know what
0: I mean? <laughs> yeah. All right. It's a tie. <gasps> what? Which I guess in this game means you both won. So congratulations, oh, Awkwafina. Yeah. Congratulations, Sasha Belor. Sasha Velour is the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 9 and hosts a monthly drag showcase called Nightgowns. Give it up for Sasha Velour and Aquafina! It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Hannah Margolin, who was a nine-year-old ice cream thief, and Maggie Lloyd, who says a pen pile is like a diary that writes back. Maggie and Hannah, your final round is called Emojis Louise. In this round, every answer is also an emoji according to the Unicode Consortium. Our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Aquafina and Sasha Velour. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage and Maggie is going first. Here we go, Maggie. This 1990 film starred Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, and a pottery wheel. Dirty Dancing. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. The answer was ghost. Hannah, Essie, Zoya, Deborah Lippman, and China Glaze all manufactured this colorful beauty product. Nail polish. That is correct. Maggie, two versions of this famous Edvard Munch piece were stolen from art museums, but later recovered. Scream. That is correct. Hannah, Red Admiral, Zebra Swallowtail, and Blue Morpho are all types of this creature. Butterflies. That is correct. Maggie, All-Rounder, Bowler, Wicket, and Night Watchman are terms associated with this sport. Surfing. (laughs) Good guess. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. The answer was cricket. Cricket. Hannah, at the 2016 Summer Olympics, the United States beat Italy in the women's final of this aquatic sport. Water polo? That is correct. (laughs) 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 Maggie, the title of a best-selling children's book by Taro Gomi declares that everyone does this. Poops. That is correct. Hannah, this is the official state fruit of Georgia. No buts about it. Pete. That is correct. Maggie, if you get this question wrong, Hannah wins. Maggie, this U.S. military medal honors personnel wounded or killed in combat. Purple Heart. That is correct. <coughs> Hannah, if you get this right, you win. Karen Carpenter and Meg White both famously played this instrument. Three seconds. Piano. Sorry, that is incorrect. The answer is drums. We're on the last question for each of you. All right, Maggie, you need to get this one right to stay in the game. Lady Justice is often depicted holding a sword in one hand and this device in the other. Scales, like balance scales. That is correct. Hannah, if you get this right, you win. The original version of Clue contained six weapons. The lead pipe, candlestick, rope, knife, revolver, and this. Uh, Is there a hatchet? (laughs) I love that game of Clue, but I'm sorry. (laughs) That is incorrect. We were looking for wrench, so we're going to a tiebreaker. Here we go. Here's your tiebreaker. Leonard Nieboy says he based this hand gesture off of a blessing performed at an Orthodox synagogue. Maggie. The peace sign. That is incorrect. Hannah, can you steal? It's the live long and prosper thing. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> the Vulcan salute. You guys know how to create tension. Well done. Thank you so much, Maggie. And congratulations, Hannah. That's our show. Ask me another's house musician is Jonathan
1: Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to thou jolta cannon.
0: Our puzzles were written by Madeline Kaplan, Scott Ross, and senior writers Eric Feinstein and Karen Lurie with additional material by Emily Winter. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Ask Me Another is produced by Sylvie Douglas, Mike Katzef, Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Danny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern, Georgia Wright.
1: Warthog Gig Ire.
0: Along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman, we are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Rick Kwan, and David Hurtkin. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House, Hot Heel Blues, and our live event sponsor, Curiosity Stream, and our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias, Ophira
1: Eisenberg. And
0: this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, we'll revisit the episode with the guy we consider our biggest guest ever. From Star Trek, X-Men, lots of Shakespeare, and my dreams, Patrick Stewart. We talk about theater with an R-E and a capital T, and he treats us to a dramatic performance of Taylor Swift lyrics. So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions.